Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting that bell icon so you don't miss any content we have coming up. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. Every interview, every person, we, every guest, every memory is priceless. So I wouldn't want to miss any of them. So make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss any. Loads of great guests from all over the world. Uh, well, no, today's guest is, is, is not, not very close, he's across the water, um, it's Irish Tommy. Hi, hi Tom, how are you doing, man? Not too bad, Ross, doing well, doing How's... well, yeah. Um, bit nervy about what the next three games has in store, but other than that, uh, I, I don't know, we'll see. Don't worry about that, don't worry about that, you know they're just dragging out the drama to keep the TV ratings up, that's all they're doing, so don't worry about that. It'll be fine. Hopefully. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll beat Watford. <laughs> we'll beat Watford yeah. and then, you know, we'll have a literally, you know, uh, the Villa game will just be passing it around because I, I still think it'll be us and Villa will stay up. I think Bournemouth and Watford will go down personally just because of the way the fixtures are happening. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, how's lockdown treating you, Tommy? How's, how have you been? Um, it was actually fine for me, to be honest. Um where I live here, and I live in the southwest of Ireland uh, in a county called Kerry. Um, I live basically halfway up a mountain in the countryside in a, a bungalow cottage. I have a view just for miles. The sun was shining. Uh, I was getting the COVID payment, which was more than enough to live on for the few weeks where I was in lockdown. Um, I got loads of stuff done outside that I wanted to get done that I put in the long finger. You know, it's hard to do it with work. Uh, so I had weeks and I just went out in the sun, getting a tan, doing the things outside, you know, some painting and stuff done uh, that I wanted to do and uh, getting paid to do it. So yeah. uh, it was very kind to me. And uh, I was lucky I wasn't in it too long yeah. either, you know, um, I was running out of things to do. So, uh, but uh, I work in a garage, you know, a mechanics garage. So we were allowed back on the 18th of May. Yeah. Um, so I'd only really been off maybe eight weeks, seven, eight weeks. Mm. Um, and I was basically able to, to get back to work pretty much straight away on the 18th of May, uh, which was great. So I've been back working since then. So um, to be fair, the lockdown uh, I found okay, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel really bad for people, you know, maybe living in flats or something in, in urban settings where they've got no front or back gardens and and you know they're yeah. stuck in apartments or whatever flats and and you know that must have been really really rough yeah. but i i came out of it pretty good to be honest i can't oh. really complain exactly no and, and as you said you know you sort of live in you know up a, up, up a mountain and stuff so you know it's not like you're like part in like in like you know in the city and stuff so it probably made no difference to you, everything to be not honest. really no <laughs> no not really um yeah, I just spent more time at home than I was used to, but the, the weather was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the entire lockdown here, you know, and, and uh, sun was shining, beautiful days, and uh, you know, 
like I say, I've got views to die for here, and uh, I could just I could just walk across fields, you know, um, never meet anybody. So, um, it, yeah, it was fine for me. So to be jealous. honest. So jealous, uh, lovely. Now, and and obviously, you know, you, during the lockdown, you didn't have to worry about looking at the league table or anything, did you, for like a hundred days? Well, you know, it was lovely, wasn't it? Not looking at the league table, not worrying about what was going to happen to West Ham. It was lovely. And then it sort of all hit back to reality a little bit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I went through a couple of phases, probably three. Uh, well, the first phase was, well, this is actually quite nice. You know, there's not really any sport on. Like yeah. you say, there's no stress of having to follow West Ham every week. Um, I've got no hair left because of them. It's all I've pulled it all out. Um, and then you know, after a few weeks, you think you know, I'm kind of starting to miss it a little bit here now, and wouldn't mind some footy. You know, wouldn't mind seeing some Premier League. Yeah. You know, I tried watching. I ended up I watched some Kazakhstani league match or something like that, and I, I couldn't do it. I I just didn't care. Um. I lasted until half time and I was like, oh, who am I fooling? <laughs> you know, and and then I tried watching a bit of Bundesliga, which obviously yeah. is a much better league in the European league, but I never really had any particular interest in Bundesliga either and couldn't do that either. Yeah. So then I was thinking, you know, I could really use some, some West Ham now in my life. Um, and then thankfully, you know, we, we eventually got the, the league back up and running. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, after a couple of games, I was thinking like, can we just null and void this now? Because I, I, I remember now, it's all coming back. Yeah. I don't need this in my life, really, do I? It's no, I like, know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, it's funny. It, but, it's like, yeah. go on. No, go on, you're saying so. Carry on, man. No, but thankfully, look, we've, we have picked up our form. We've, got, we've picked yeah. up seven points in four games. Um, so it's been a bit better. You know, we've had a couple of wins and a draw. One loss to Burnley. Um, since our form picked up, so um, and that win against Chelsea, I mean, what a tonic that was! You just, you just knew it was going to happen, though, didn't you, Tommy? It's just the, it is the West Ham way, isn't it? They just, you know, it's like when like they, they sort of two days where you had Chelsea and and Newcastle. If you said you were going to walk away with four points, you'd have thought, yeah, okay, so I could see us drawing against Chelsea and and beating Newcastle, not the other way. It should have been six points, to be honest, you know. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, like it's, that Chelsea game. I mean, yeah. I mean that Chelsea game. Coming into it, um, obviously, there's a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of talk about, geez, they're going to spank us. You know, uh, we could get destroyed. This could be four or five. You know, but um, I never felt that way about that Chelsea game, despite our, our terrible form. Um, for some reason, and I don't know why, when we play Chelsea, we are always competitive. Yeah. But we always seem to turn up against Chelsea for some reason or another. It's very rarely you'll see Chelsea spank us. Very yeah. rarely. Um, we do tend to show up against them. Uh, now, I, I'll hand on heart, I still thought we'd lose the game. I, I believe I predicted we'd lose it 2-1. Yeah. So I had tweeted out, I think we'll lose it but I think it'll be like 2-1. I think we'll be competitive. We'll give them a game because we always do. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think we were going to beat them, to be honest. <laughs> um, but but to beat them, you know, uh, and do the double over them uh, and then to win it that way, you know, yeah. to win it like 89th minute to get a late winner um, was just brilliant. And, and yeah. I think it was a lift that we all really needed, and especially after the lockdown and after our poor form after the league resumed a lot of doom and gloom but we really needed that and it was brilliant oh, totally. um it's just a pity there was no one in the stadium wasn't it i mean i was there so i was there so it was okay but yeah now, for the other sixty thousand, yeah i know but i know what you mean it yeah was one of those things it was such an amazing game you, it was just yeah it was just annoying that one of those games that people will talk about for a long time and there was you know 300 people in the in the stadium but yeah what it is. you can imagine you know you can imagine just the Limbs, when Yarmolenko scored, I mean, it just it just would have been incredible, and yeah. uh, so it's a pity. But nonetheless, uh, I was I was jumping around living room, my cat scattered. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it was like, oh, that was brilliant. That was, I love beating them. Yeah, we do. We do love. We do love turning up to them games, and and yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I think it is what it is, isn't it? We'll see what happens. I said three games left. You like to, you know. We moan about, you know, when we finish 10th, 
you know, and the boring football around the Kerbersley era. But nowadays, yeah. what we wouldn't give for one of them seasons, just once in a while, be nice, just to have everything sorted yeah. by like February, January, February time, and then we can enjoy the last few months. But uh, it is what it is, isn't it, Tommy? So it's the West Ham way. So we'll just see what happens. And you know, massive game against Watford on Friday, and uh, and yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, the good thing for us is um, obviously Man City. Um, obviously, getting into back into Europe means they'll spank Bournemouth tomorrow, hopefully, because yeah. they'll have something to play for. They've been playing with nothing to play for at the moment, and they're still turning over teams 4-5-0. So, uh, hopefully, they'll spank uh, Bournemouth, get that goal difference back up again, and uh, get us all ready for the... Uh, I, I honestly think if we win uh, if we win on Friday, that, that's a, that'll be it for us. That will be fine. Uh, and I think that'll be a nail in the coffin for Watford. I really think so, because I think... Villa have got games that are playing teams around them that don't have nothing to play for. Um, I think they've got Everton and... Yeah, of... that's the thing. It's um, uh, even, even after Everton's amazing result, or excuse me, even after Bournemouth's amazing result against Leicester. Yeah. Um, you know, when Verdi scores, you just thought, oh, that's it now. You know, I Leicester turned off. One. I turned yeah. off a half yeah, time. Yeah. That's it. Done. You know, that's it. I didn't realise till the next day. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter and I'm like, what's this? And I went into Google to check the results and I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. 4 1. But then I saw, you know, Kasper Schmeichel's howlers and Soyuncho uh, uh, booting someone into the net. And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, they, Leicester just imploded. Yeah. Um, but I can't believe it. But to be honest, even after that win for Bournemouth, I wasn't worried about them. I don't think they're a threat. They, they've got horrible running. Yeah, Horrible. They're, they're, uh, they're not. Yeah, they're not catching us. No. Um, the worry is Villa. Um, like I say, they go to Goodison Park. I think on Thursday. Yeah. Um, that obviously would be huge. Um, mm. If they go and and win at Everton, who and Everton looked really bad against Wolves. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if and Villa are fighting for their lives, so if Villa were to go there and nick that. You know, then you would have to say, right, like that Watford game on Friday night becomes absolutely huge because, you know, the, uh, Villa, I believe, will want a result in that game, uh, maybe a winner. And I think they would want Watford to win it because they play us, yeah, exactly. Villa. They don't yeah. play Watford. No. They have Everton away, then they have Arsenal at home. They could turn up. Don't put it past Arsenal to Easy. lose that game. Easy. That's what I'm Arsenal saying. blow hot and cold. Yeah. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from Arsenal. Um, they can lose to anybody. Yeah. So, you know, we need to be careful. I wouldn't be counting my chickens just yet. Um, we'll wait and see what happens. If Everton win, I'll probably, you know, okay, breathe a little bit then. But um, if Villa go there and win, I mean, that, that Watford game becomes absolutely massive for us. Yeah, we have massive. to win it then. Yeah, it is. It's massive. But it is what it is, you know, and and and, and we'll see what happens, isn't it? I mean, football was a funny old game, as they say. So there'll be another couple of twists before then, I'm sure. <clears throat> so, Tommy, so, Tommy, why, you know, obviously, you know, West Ham, passionate West Ham fan. The question I always ask everyone, getting back to the episode, is... Why West Ham? Why is West Ham your club? What's your story? Okay, well, I was born in a sleepy little village, or at least in a hospital near a sleepy little village uh, in South Tipperary. Uh, my family are all from there, uh, going back generation after generation. We're all Tipperary. So um, growing up very young there, um, football wasn't part of my life whatsoever. No. Um, there's an Irish sport called hurling. Yeah. Um, very popular here in Ireland, and um, it, it's huge in Tipperary. So, um, Tipperary are one of the kind of best counties at it, sure. basically. Um, and uh, that was really what I was completely into. I played it at school. You start when you're like four or five, because uh, it's a highly skilled game. It's not something you can really take up late. No, no, it's not. At uh, all. Yeah. You, you have to start playing it from, from very young if you're going to master the skills and all that. So um, I, I was just completely hurling. You know, that was all I, yeah. I did. Um, but then when I was nine, we moved to the east end of London, to Forest Gate. Um, my mum had a sister living there. Uh, and initially when we moved, we moved in with them. Uh, so we got our feet under us, you know. Um, so... 
yeah, so I, I ended up in from a sleepy little village in South Tipperary, and, and I mean, you know, surrounded by countryside and mountains yeah. and usual stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, I find myself in the East End of London. Uh, slight culture shock. Yeah. Uh, just total fish out of water. Wow. Um, like I say, first of all, we lived in Forest Gate. Um, I spent a little time in primary school, just kind of finishing primary school there um, in, in St. Anthony's there, and, um, but not for long. Uh, before I knew it, I was into St. Bon's. I don't know if you know St. Bonaventure's there, but um, so went to St. Bonaventure's secondary, and it was there that I really kind of first started to really make friends. Yeah. Uh, and by this, uh, and not long after that, we actually moved to a place called Grangewood Street in East Ham. Oh, wow. um, and I could actually, from there, from the house I was living in there, you, you could hear the crowd at Upton Park from the living room. Fantastic. So if there was no noise, you could tell what the score was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the size of the roar. So a bigger <laughs> roar, you know, West Ham have scored, and, and kind of a little roar that you can just about hear, you know, like, ah, crap, whoever we're playing the score. <laughs> but um, that's how close it was. And like I said, started making some friends at school. Um, and naturally a lot of them were west ham um so there was one day uh in the summer during the summer holidays um one of these friends of mine and his girlfriend he was you know proper west ham this lad um he invited me along to like a pre-season friendly game um and his girlfriend was bringing a friend who i'd already met and uh so i was kind of keen to meet her so we're like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. And again, no, no major interest at this point, right? So, yeah. um, I just went, you know, because this girl was going. So, um, <laughs> and uh, so I met them, um, and and we went to Upton Park. We went onto the North Bank. Um, truth be told, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the game. I was yeah. slightly distracted uh, <laughs> with this girl, but um. But we went to another one a little time after, and and um, I did take a bit more interest in that game and, and, and watch it because I did love sports, so yeah. I was naturally inclined yeah. towards sports. So uh, I did watch it, and I really enjoyed the game. And um, don't ask me who were playing; um, it was a pre-season game, so they, they weren't English. <clears throat> one of them was Brazilian. Oh, wow. Frank McAvenny got sent off, I think, for punching someone in the face, as <laughs> um, yes, you do. But um, yeah, but. Um, I decided um, to go with, with this guy to uh, an actual um, first division game yeah, yeah. Um, uh, once the season had started. Again, I don't remember the first game. I'm funny that way. I know you, you get people in the show, what was your first ever game? They give you all these great memories and all oh, we did this and it was playing against this and this guy scored. And yeah, 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 I, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't genuinely yeah, honestly remember. Who, yeah, some people just yeah, don't. Yeah. I'm just, that's just how I am. I don't remember these bloody things. Um <laughs> And I was still young enough, you know, I was, I was yeah. still just barely in my teens, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, I just I got hooked, you know, I just got hooked on, yeah. on football and particularly in West Ham. Um, and given that, you know, I was a five-minute walk across a small park. Wow, exactly. And, I, and I'm into the North Bank, you know. Um, I just loved the atmosphere. It was amazing, you know, when being up on the North Bank, I just loved it up there. Um, you know, limbs when we score, you know, and... and really just developed from there. I just started going all the time and, and I just loved it and, and um, just absolutely fell in love with West Ham and, um, and you know, the rest, as they say, is history. It, it just it just creeps into your clothing, doesn't it? Into, it just like, like it seeps into your skin. It just goes yeah. in and it gets you into know, your bloodstream. Before you know, like, what the fuck is that? <clears throat> Jesus, you know, it's like you know, you're in the shirt and then, I know exactly how you And then um, it's just one of these things, isn't it? And, and actually, it's a really different... We haven't had a we haven't had a story like that. I'll tell really. you, yeah, I'll tell you a good one. Go ahead. Um, my aunt's husband, yeah, he was Tottenham, right? And um, he has two sons, right? Um, one and the older of the two was only a little bit younger than me. Yeah. Uh, and he he was mad trying to get me to follow Tottenham, right? But I'd already been West Ham a few times. So I would already decided now West Ham's my team. Plus they were just over the road, right? So I'd already decided. But but his son, he, he was going mad, just trying to get him, uh, trying to get him up to White Hart Lane and stuff like that. And, and I was like, nah, mate, never mind that place. West Ham's a proper club. I said, proper stadium over here. It's only across the road. I started taking him. 
uh, I, I converted him to West Ham, Brilliant. which really, really annoyed my <laughs> uncle. I mean, just really annoyed him. He, he was, he was, he was proper Tottenham, like you know, all his life, yeah, and yeah. and um, you know, he wasn't too peeved that I wouldn't turn because I'd already chosen West Ham, and he kind of knew that. But when I turned his son Paul into West Ham. That really peeved him off, and and that still gives me, gives me uh, giggle to this day. I have to <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pride. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He's funny, and we but... both still rib him about it. Oh really? We love giving really? it. Oh, we love giving him the bubbles and all that. Yeah. Oh, it fantastic! Get, really gets on his goat to this day. <laughs> I love the fact he's still pissed off by that. But that's that's the way you said. It's like it's one of those things. I mean, some people just like you know don't know why they started supporting West Ham, but they did. You know, and it, and. It's just, as you said, it just gets into the fabric of your clothes, and and you, before you know it, you, it just creeps up into everything. You know, when you start looking, and you know, you know, I'm, I'm have a meeting in work, and actually, it's like, you know, oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> oh, it's a five thirty. I've got, to, I've got, it's an evening kickoff. Uh, let's move it yeah. to four. You know, it's all those things, and it, and and obviously, you know, in, in the lockdown world that we've been living at the moment, you know. Being part of of something like West Ham collectively has had a massive effect on people because it means that you know people are still chatting. Obviously, you're you're quite vocal on Twitter and and you know we'll chat to everyone and um, the Facebook groups and stuff like that. It's lovely to see. You know, the only thing we have in com- common is the fact that we wear the same badge. Well, you got you got the newer badge. You got the yeah. other one. But you know what I mean. And it's it's lovely to see. It's lovely to see. I don't know. I mean, we might be biased. But I don't see that in other clubs' supporter base. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that sort of togetherness, and there really seems a lot of, particularly with the, like the American Hammers and the Scandinavian Hammers and all over the place. There's this real like family, you know, West Ham family type type um, thing going on, and I just love it. It's it's really nice. And once you're in, you're in, aren't you, Tommy? It doesn't matter where you come from, where you go. If you support West Ham, you know, you're mates with everyone, isn't it? And that's the great thing about West Ham, I think. Um, yeah, it, it's one of the things you know right from the beginning that I loved mm. about it. You know, um, meet people from all walks. You know, and and you know on the North Bank as well. I mean, yeah. wasn't particularly for the faint of heart either up there. You know, and, and <laughs> I was a little fella. You know, and and going often I'd go on my own because I was you know maybe no one else could go, didn't have the money or whatever. You know, um, and I'd come across and I'd be on my own, and it didn't matter. I that I wasn't. You know, with a, an actual friend, friend, like because once you're in there, you're the same as everybody else. We're all one, and and we're all part of it. We're all in it together, and you know, you can have the banter with anyone around you. You can you know jump on people and hug people and and all that, and and we're all just West Ham, and um, <clears throat> it's always been that way. You know, we're a very close knit club, and the fans are all are close knit, and um, you know, obviously for me. Living here in the southwest of Ireland, um, social media has, has kind of transformed being a West Ham fan for me. Um, you know the the amount of contact I have now, yeah. you know, with other West Ham fans is just immense. You know, um, through Twitter mostly. Um, you know, you can tweet away, you can have conversations all day long if you want, really, um, yeah. and, and you can talk about the games. And obviously, all social media like YouTube, like you're doing obviously allows fans to interact with each other as well. And so social media, if you're not in the thick of it, as it were, um, it's hugely important, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, I, and I've seen that, you know, out of this channel. I mean, I, I've met people who, to be honest, I never would have spoken to before. I mean, to be honest, I never would have spoken to you before, Tommy, to be honest. But yeah. because of West Ham, because of this ch- the channel, I've, I've met some really nice people, some lovely people. I've been invited to days out and all these things when the lockdown stops and to pubs and drinks and stuff. And it's lovely. And it just shows, you know, everyone talks about this West Ham community, West Ham family. This channel is the epitomation of that. That's not a word, but um, it is... Epitome. Epitome, yeah, yeah, exactly, epitomation. I like just making up as we go along, Tommy. Um, In that, you know, it started as an idea eight weeks ago, and it's just become this beast of a thing now with loads of people wanting to come on and stuff like that and and share their stories, and everyone wants to listen to the stories because everyone's story is unique, and yours is probably one of the most unique stories I've had, to be honest, Tommy, you know, from Ireland to East, (laughs) East London... Went to only went to the first game because he went to ca- you know, get on with, off of a new girl and <laughs> and then come back. That's what I love. That's love. Now, 
that's obviously yeah. one bit of the the, the, the sort of the, the episode. The other bit is his hammers eleven. So the idea <clears> is <throat> everyone, whether it's a fan, an ex player, an ex coach, an ex manager, anyone I've interviewed, um, we try and get this hammers eleven. So the idea is everyone has their own eleven, you know, and so um, it could be players yeah. that have meant something to them or their favourite players or whatever. Um, we try and keep it to a four four two, but I can do whatever now. I don't really care, Tommy. I'm getting soft in my old age. But the only rule is that you have to be alive to a scene and play. Um, otherwise, we'd probably all have almost exactly the same eleven because I'd have had Bobby Moore in my team, but I never saw yeah. him play. So it's like why you know because of history, I know Bobby Moore should be in my team, but I never saw him play. So he's not, but Gary Breen is. Yeah, not really, not really. Yeah, not really. Okay, get out of it. Uh, <laughs> he has to be in mine. Yes, you've asked me yes. to do an Irish well, eleven. You've put, well, you've rightly put it up to me. You know, I know, I know, I know. I should have said Gary Breen. Sorry, um, uh, Roger Johnson. Insert, insert yeah. laugh here. Okay, right. Okay, so are we going to do an Irish yeah, eleven? Yeah. Are we going to do an Irish eleven? Ro- yeah. Go on. Poor Roger was one pace, and it was backwards. Wasn't it? It was just... <laughs> he Some was... say he's still running backwards. Yeah, still looking backwards in that clearance he was trying to do against what's the name. But, so, sorry, are we going? Are we going to? Are we going to do an Irish eleven? Are we going to do an Irish eleven? We're going to almost do an Irish eleven. Almost. Okay. We're going to do ten of eleven. Okay. You've got me, and and yeah, I, maybe you can help me later, but or someone in the chat or something can help me. But someone I got caught will... in one position. All right, cool. Ooh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Right, let's, let's let's start then, Tommy. Let's go in goal. Who have we got in goal? Uh, well, the goal is actually our current backup, Darren Randolph. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, not too many Irish keepers have come through West Ham. But, no. um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Darren Randolph, you know, was one-time starter, um, current backup. So it was a fairly easy one, that one, because yeah, he's no, at West Ham right and now. He, so. And he's all right, wasn't he? I think when he was, you know, I, th- I like Darren Randolph. I think when he was <clears> when he was number one before he went, he, yeah. he forced his way into that sort of position, didn't he, really? I mean, you know, he was like, he was solid. I think he's a really solid goalkeeper. He's great to have as a number two. Yeah, he's, he's a, yeah he's, a, he's good enough to be a Premier League backup keeper. Um, I wouldn't want him as our first choice week in, week out, to be honest. Uh, he, he is mistake-prone at times. Um I don't think he's limited, but he's a good keeper. I mean, you know, he's, he's not calamitous. You know, he's not... Roberto, yeah. you know, but um, know. yeah, he, he's fine as a he's fine as a backup. And to be honest, when he plays for Ireland, he does very very well for us. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, if only we had him instead of Roberto, it would have been a, such a difference. Well, that's it. If he'd have, yeah, exactly. If he'd have been there instead of Roberto, he would have been. Uh, he would have done fine. Yeah, yeah. But who knows what would have been one of those sliding doors moments, wasn't it, when we let Adrian go? And it's always like it's always hindsight, yeah. isn't it? Let Adrian go. Oh, it's okay. We've got these two. They're never going to play these two. Don't worry. Uh, we'll send out all the kids on loan, and then within a week, Fabianski gets injured, and you're like oh, bollocks. It just didn't. Yeah, just didn't work um, out. We missed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how Roberto was considered a goalkeeper by anyone. Well, didn't he have an absolute nightmare back in Al- uh, Alvarez when he went back uh, on loan, and they've signed him back or something like that for the rest of the season? And it's like, must have been yeah. I mean, I haven't really been following him, but I did no, see me neither. Yeah, I before the lock, just before the lockdown, he had an absolute howler. Came flapping for another cross. Yeah, I think he it was against it completely. A... I think it was against Jonathan Caleri or something like that. It was another West Ham. It was like a weird. It's like the other day with the. Uh, did you see the, the Galatasaray game when, when Feguli sort of did a almost like on the floor like kicked Manuel de Costa in the chest. No. It was like it was like he got sent off in VAR, but it was like so <clears throat> random. Like back, you know, went to West Ham boys, you know, two leagues um, removed. But uh, no, yeah, we I'll do put... manage to find them. These players, don't <laughs> we? Just, uh, it's uncanny. Uh... Just nutters. I don't, I just... But I think we like a nutter, though, Tommy, to be honest. that We like someone who's going to, he's like on the edge, you know, it's like, you know, Thomas Repker or someone like that. He's on the yeah. edge. You don't know, something will snap and that's it. Yeah, but, yeah, there's two different types, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's, there's the type that are always kind of, like you say, just on the edge a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like I say, Thomas Repker, um, Obviously, Julian Dick sometimes was very, very 
close to the line and stuff. Yeah. You know, Razor Ruddock, Paolo Di Canio, you know, yeah. people that maybe weren't all there, yeah. frankly. Do you know what I mean? But, oh, exactly. um, you, they can, yeah, they can get away with it, you know, if if they're good players. You know, if they can play as well, they can get away with it. But unfortunately, we, we've signed too many players that, that couldn't play and were just lunatics as well. And, uh, you know, like Arnautovic played, you know, on the line a lot as well. And he was, as we call him, a bastard, you know. Yeah. Um, but he was a great player for us. So, yeah. you know, we, we you could get away with it. But sort of you can't get away with it if you're... You can't get away with it if you're Roberto, because you're just yeah. you're crap. You're not getting away with <laughs> with being a lunatic. So <laughs> that's true. All right then. Okay, Randolph's in goal. Uh, let's go. Let's go left back then, Tommy. Who are we gonna have left back? Uh, left back. I don't know if you remember Clive Clark. He was oh, with us there. Yes, was was yeah. it 2005, 2006 yeah. season? Clive Clark was an Irish player. <clears throat> I was struggling a bit on left back. I had to really dig. Um, to think of who's an Irish left back that's yeah. been with us, and the, uh, all I could think of in my time was Clive Clark at left back for us. So, I had no choice but to go for him, really. <laughs> yeah, I know Clive Clark. Yeah, I remember. I do remember him vaguely, very vaguely. He was. Yeah, he was here. I think one season, but yeah, you know, he was here, so he, he was counts. here. So he counts. He counts. I like it, Tommy. Okay, we'll put Clive Clark in. Let's go. Let's go right back then. Who we get right back then? Well, it has to be the man himself, the legend, Joey O'Brien. Oh, Joey O'Brien, job. The legend that is Joey O'Brien. God bless him. <laughs> I like yeah. Joey O'Brien. I liked him. I thought he did a job for us. You know, it's like... We've had was, worse right-backs. We've had a lot worse right-backs, but he was versatile, <clears throat> wasn't it? He was a very versatile player. I mean, obviously, when he was at Bolton, he was a more of a... De- sort of centre midfield defensive player yeah. wasn't he? If I was right, and um, and yeah. you know he did he did a job for his O'Brien. I think I think you know as you said there's a lot it could be a lot worse. Christ, we've had a lot worse who played there, but yeah. he was solid. No doubt, um, he was solid. And I liked him. All right, Jerry O'Brien. Okay, this is this is great. I love this. There's going to be some new names coming up. In we've had about 165 different names, and already out of your three. We've got two new ones, Randolph and Clark. <laughs> so it's all good. You see some new names of the channel. Right, okay, centre-halves. Let's go centre-halves then. Who have we got centre-halves then, Tommy? Well, first up, we mentioned Gary Breen. Uh, yeah. That was an obvious one straight off the yeah. bat. Um, yeah. Now, the other one, I couldn't think of another Irish centre-back who played for West Ham. Now, I didn't go mad Googling, digging, no. investigating, yeah. uh, but... As God is my witness, I thought of Gary Breen pretty quickly. And after that, I'm struggling thinking, who other Irish centre backs have played for us? And I was really struggling. I couldn't even think of one. Yeah, I can't think of one. I'm I had sure. to go back. I, I ended up thinking about people at like Noel Cantwell from, yeah. you know, way back in the day, you know. And, and I said, obviously, not, no, I definitely didn't see him play. Definitely I think not. He was, you know, he was way back when, but um, he was from Cork. But. Um, no, I couldn't think of a second centre back. Okay, so no, if anyone else in, can, who are you going to put in instead? Then, Tom, who are you going to put in? I don't have an Irish centre back to no, play beside Breen, to be honest. Put, you put someone else in. Put one. In, put your, who's your favourite centre back of all time at West Ham? We'll let you put that one in. Favourite centre back of all time. Yeah. At West Ham. Oh, this is a good one. Um, free hit. Yeah. Why not? All right, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna cheat. I'm gonna be someone that I've, I, I see play. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put Rio in. You know what a player he was. You know, um, I remember when he first came through Rio. Um, yeah. Just the excitement. Just you could see immediately. Just wow. Um, I hadn't seen it at West Ham before. You know the way he would carry the ball out of defence, mm. like he was an attacking midfielder, like attacking centre backs. He would just yeah. carry the ball out. At his feet, he would go past someone, you know, and then spray a ball out to the wing. And I'm thinking, oh, this is new. Yeah, oh, I yeah. like this. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this guy yeah. is, this guy is really, really special. Yeah. You know, um, so as I remember, because they had won the Youth Cup, remember, um, the FA Youth Cup, and and you could see then he he was a really, really good player. But when when I saw him play for the first team, and he just came in like, no problem. Yeah, just absolutely no problem. Just throw him in. He's ready. 
uh, and he's going to be great. And uh, it's a pity we didn't have him for longer. It's a pity, you know, if we'd had him for the time he was at Leeds, if he'd gone from us to United instead of from us to Leeds, then United, you know, if we had him for a little bit longer, I mean, it, he, he was just... I mean, the excitement every time he came out with the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole crowd were like, oh, what's he going to do? You know, and uh, it was brilliant. I loved You're it. Right. I mean, we were we were sort of used to, obviously, after, <clears> you know, before then and afterwards, you know, I wouldn't say we'd have particularly great ball-playing centre-backs. There were more blockers, you know, and Rio was very different, wasn't he? He just looked, he just, the way he conducted himself, he was young, but he seemed mature in a weird, you know, sort of, oxymoron type thing but yeah he was brilliant wasn't he? he he was a pep guardiola center yeah. back before pep yeah. guardiola yeah you know yeah. Um, yeah no exactly you know he he was like a new breed like i said to you when you see him play you thought oh this is new center backs yeah. aren't supposed to do this no you know and and i remember he got called up for england and he came off the bench in his debut and obviously the crowd were rio rio and I don't know if it was that game or the next game, but very early, he, he came out with the ball and did the same thing. Came out with the ball and skinned the midfielder. Yeah. And then played the ball out to the wing. And the crowd were like off their feet, like, oh, this, this kid's amazing. Yeah. You know, it was it was just wonderful to watch. I loved him. Yeah, no, he was. And even when I watch him on telly, he's still a West Ham <clears throat> boy. Do you know what I mean? I still think, oh, he's one of ours. He is. You know, it's like, you know, although he only played a yeah. few seasons, like in the in the first time, he was yeah. still one of our boys. And yeah, and obviously, you know, the career he's had after that. Okay, we'll give you three for that one, Tommy. Right, Rio's in. Let's go midfield. Let's go left midfield then. Who have we got left midfield? Left midfield... Um... I had to do. I did a little bit of the army fielders, all of them. I just did a yeah. little bit of jiggery poker just to Go get the players it. I wanted in here. Go for um, it. So on the left, I put Matt Holland. Yes. Um, started out with us as a youngster. Yeah. Um, got a lot of caps for Ireland. A really decent player. Probably best known for his exploits at Charlton, maybe. But um, you know, really decent player, Matty Holland. Mm. You know, um, okay, again, not world class, but. You know, when do Ireland produce world-class players? You know, we don't really. But, um, you know, he, he was a really tidy player, Matt, and he had a really great Premier League career, you know. Um, played for a few different clubs, but a really tidy player had a bit about him, Matt Holland. Um, yeah. Really good, decent strike on him as well. Yeah, good, good shout. But Matty Holland, right, you, you just, you just <clears> carry on, Tommy. You tell me, you go through the team as you want to go through it in midfield, then I'll leave it to you. Who's next? Okay, Um so we'll go into the centre then. Um, yeah. I am going four four two here, by the way. That's right, uh, so I'll, I'll stick to four four two. Instead of me, we've got Chris Hutton. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Another yeah. very, very tidy midfielder for us. You know, really decent player. Uh, had a little bit about him. Could pass a ball. Um, again, had a really decent career with Ireland. Um, and uh, you know, decent player for us. And uh, yeah, a half decent manager as well. I hope he. I hope he. Uh, it's a a good job, you know. Yeah, he needs back to get in back the into League the game. Some yeah, point. yeah, he needs to get back into the game, doesn't he? I think he's a he's a, he's a good manager. He he did a good job at Brighton, didn't he? Particularly. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit bit harsh the second, to be honest. Yeah, yeah because of it, it was about the football, wasn't it? They, they, there was this sort of they thought he played like negative, yeah. and so they got they got Potter in, and you know, then they get turned over. They do all right, and they get turned over, you know, sometimes. And um, it's all right playing the right football. You just need the right players, I think. You know. I think we've yeah. been a bit guilty of that at times. You know, we've tried to run before we can uh, walk in terms of bringing in, uh, you know, someone like Pellegrini and spending all this money where we didn't have the infrastructure in place to capitalise on that, did we, really? And so when he left, like, Moyes turned up and it was like the cupboards were bare. There was no scouting reports, nothing. There was no scouts. And, yeah. You know, it's like... And I think that was the same with Bryson. Um, and I think, you know, I think Chrissy Hewton was, was, was a good manager for them. Good manager. Okay, right, Chrissy. I'm he's sure he'll in. be back. He'll be back. I mean, he's he's a type of player who type of manager who he'll do well at. You know, uh, I don't know. He's one of the sort of the, the sort of the bottom third teams, really, doesn't he? That's what he yeah. sort of sucks coming. But that's what you need sometimes. He's a manager who's going to come in. He's not ahead of his game. He knows the that league he's playing in in yeah. terms of that sort of bottom third and uh, knows how to get the results and you know motivate the teams. That's all it is for those types of managers. Okay, Chrissy is in. Your next midfielder, then, Tommy. His midfield partner. Uh, just quick question: um, Have you had any controversy on the show before? No. You're gonna. 
<laughs> Love it. Declan Rice is going in. Oh. And I don't care. I don't care. I'm putting Declan Rice in. Look, I could have put Josh Cullen, right? I could have yeah. put Josh Cullen. Yeah. I was tempted and I said, you know what? I'm putting Rice in there because he has played for Ireland. He has. He played under 16, under 17, 18, 19, 21s and played three times for our senior team. He's going in. I don't care what shirt he's wearing now. Um, he's going in. I think I'm entitled to. And I love him. I love him. Yeah, what a player. Him, you know, um, he, he will go on to be world class. Oh, he really will. Man. I'm convinced of it. He will go on to be a world class player. Um, uh, I haven't said that. I really hope he stays with us for a while longer, but. I think yeah, you know yeah, the writing yeah. is on the wall at some point. It is. I think it is. And it's a bit like when when you have like the when Rio came and <clears throat> Joe and Glenn Johnson. Yeah, you knew. You're like, this is brilliant, but how long have we got them for? That's sort of, the, and that's always been the way West Ham. Yeah. For many minutes, you know, even before then. So now, now in terms of depth, do it, do you, go on, go on, Tommy. No, sorry, on. I was going to say it was actually I watched your show with Harry Redknapp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was talking about back in the day when they won the, the FA Youth Cup. And they had all these players, local boys that had come through the academy to play for the first team. Uh, and then you spoke also, of course, about that class that came through that won the FA Youth Cup as well. Rio and the boys, we call them. Everyone knows who they are, right? Um, and I remember being a bit forlorn about it because back in the day when, when Harry and the boys came through, these players, by and large, would stay at the club. You know, it was a local club. They came through the academy. They, yeah. they were connected to the club. They loved it. And you could generally hold on to your players. Mm. You know, you, you could have Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst, Martin Peters, etc., Sissons, Redknapp, yeah. you know, Bonzo, all his brooking. They'd all they'd stay. Yeah. They'd stay and they'd play hundreds of hundreds of games for the club. Uh, and I just remember thinking that those days are gone now. Yeah. If you bring through, if we bring through a, a group of great players like we did with Rio and the guys. The prospect, I mean, we didn't keep any of them. No. We lost every one of them. Yeah. And and it's sad that that's the way of it now, isn't it? I mean, that you can't hold on. Even if you develop brilliant players on a regular basis, you lose them all. You do. You don't you get do. to keep them. Like Southampton have done it too. Southampton have produced, over the last 20 years, a number of top-class players. Didn't get to keep a single one either. No. And and it's sad that that's the case, that you can't build a team of local boys. And actually, what could we have done with them players mm. with a couple of additions around them? Yeah. We've, we had five or six lads that had come through. Yeah, it's true. You know, we, uh, imagine if we'd have been able to just build a little bit around them and mm. watch how they had developed. The likes of Rio and Lampard and you know, Defoe, Joey Cole, Glenn Johnson, Carrick. You know, uh, God, what we could have done. But it, exactly. the inevitable thing is that we lose them all. Now we've brought through Declan Rice, and we all know we're going to lose him. Yeah. We, you, we can't build a... You're right. You, sometimes you wonder what's the point. You know what I mean? Mm, I know what you mean. I know you mean, and you're right. Okay, it, it makes money. It seems to me the academy spends years developing a player. Every once in a while, a brilliant one will come through like Declan Rice. Mm. If you're lucky... You might get two or three come along at a similar time. And then you bring them into the first team and you develop them even more. Mm. And then they become, you know, really young, top-class players that are highly rated. And then you sell them and you might be able to get a few. Like Declan obviously will fetch a, a big price. but yeah. So you can bring in some players, improve the team a bit, maybe keep your academy going, maybe you divert some money into your academy. Mm. keep that going keep that show on the road um but it, it seems like just this sometimes it feels like just this kind of pointless merry-go-round i know, you know? what you mean I, I do know what you mean and and you're right i mean i just think it's just football in general now isn't it and it's like gone are the days where you'll play for your hometown team or your boyhood club and you'll do three 400 appearances that was like in that era in the the you know as I, when, I, when i interviewed tony gale you know every year tony gale was at the club was a testimonial year by one year i think he said and it's because 
everyone stood stuck. I mean, Brooklyn, we went down in the, into the, you know, obviously the equivalent of the championship, yeah. and he stayed at the club and he was playing England regular, international. Yeah. And, and that would never happen nowadays. There's football. I mean, you see someone like the oh. holding, the holding Gakia thing. You know, it's like the guy played four or five <clears> games <throat> for the first team and thinks, you know, I'm going to go to another club. I haven't even seen where he signed it. Nothing's come out of where he signed for yet. You know, if he signed anyone, but it's Nothing it's hurt. just the, it's just the way that football is. And you're right. Someone like Deck has always been ever since sort of that sort of that golden era in the academy with Rio and that lot. As soon as you see a good player, your first question is how long are we going to keep him for? Not how are we going to build a team around him? How long are we going to keep him for before he goes? And someone like Deck, I would. And I think it was I can't remember. I was interviewing someone the other day, and they said, "You know what? I'll just give I'd give him the the captain's armband permanently now." That's a great mm-hmm. incentive to stay at the club, you know. End of the day, but Mark is Mark, and you know, if, and actually, you know, now clearly at that Chelsea game and the Newcastle game, you saw how the future of the midfield will look. It'll be Deck and Suchek and one more. And if it's defensive, yeah. Mark goes in. If it's a, a team we're going to attack. We'll put in four nows, or we'll put in, you know, and 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 so Mark is going to be pushed out of the team. He will be naturally, you know. He'll probably he'll play on Friday. He'll get his five hundredth appearance, um, and that's fantastic. And then I think he'll be a bit player next season. Get Deck's got to be captain. That's a great incentive for get someone to stay. I mean, I've seen Deck from under nineteens, under twenty threes at West Ham. The boy is upper class. You know, we don't that not only in terms of of his, of him as a player, but him as a character, you don't get young kids with that level of leadership. That's John Terry type leadership. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and yeah. I just think that's the only way we're gonna. That's one of the main ways you keep him. You make him captain. You know, it's like it's. it's it, but we'll see. I mean, you, you just don't know. Again, it depends what happens in the next three games, in it as well. You know, to be perfectly honest, yeah. if, it, if um, it tits up, he won't yeah. be there come August. But... All of this is a moot point. All of this is a moot point. If we get relegated, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, I agree. Um, I don't see Noble being a regular starter next season. No. Yeah, I mean, there's something very wrong if he is. You know, yeah. and there's nothing against Noble. No. I mean, he's he's pushing 34 now, and. You know, he, he can't be starting every week now. It's, no. You know, no, no, no. it's ridiculous. Um, but he, can, he just physically can't do it. Um, exactly. But yeah, I agree. I think I think give Declan the captaincy. And frankly, uh, I'd be giving him a huge contract at this point. Um, I'd be given 100, 120 a week. No problem. And say, listen, here's four years, 100K yeah. a week, 120K a week, whatever they work out. There's the armband. We want you to stay. And we want to build a team around you. Um, exactly. That's the only way you're going to do and, it. And know? just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you've got to. It's it's the old thing, right? Shoot your shot. Just yeah. shoot your shot. Have try and keep him. Do whatever you can to keep him at the club. Mm. Um, if it doesn't work, at least you you tried. Um, and look, obviously, if, if a major club comes in for him, um, it'll be difficult. Yeah. To to persuade him not to go, but yeah. Um. But you never know with players. You know, the players know. Are, you never know with them. You know, um, Declan might just genuinely say, do you know what? I just love this club. I love the fans. I love being here. I love playing here. And I'm just, I'm just going to stay. I mean, Matt Letizia could have gone anywhere. Very you know, he, Matt Letizia was an unbelievable player for Southampton. I mean, mm. you know, big, big fish in a small pond there. Um uh, and uh, just just never wanted to leave Southampton. Mm. You know, he could have gone to a major, major club. He could have played for Liverpool, no problem. Could have played for United, no problem. Yeah. Um, but just, just didn't want to. Just loved Southampton, loved playing there, was happy there. Um, so, you know, if, if we're very, very lucky, maybe maybe Declan is, is an... Is a Matisse type? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he'll be getting five hundred appearances for the club. Who knows? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But um, and and to be honest, it'll make him stand out. I honestly think you know that having that sense of loyalty. I think a lot of people outside of West Ham and Chelsea, because that's where he'd go to, basically, wouldn't it? I think um, if yeah. he did go, there'd be a a massive amount of respect for him. 
because he could go for the money. He could sign, he could handle in the transfer request tomorrow. He could be at Chelsea, yeah. and they'd pay the money or Man United. But he has, but he doesn't, and he's and I think it would really boost his his profile um, in terms of respect. But um, we'll see. Anyway, yeah. They, another <laughs> another thing that might work in our favour, actually. Yeah, is whether or not the money is there for him because. You know, we're we're talking eighty, ninety million here for mm. for Declan. I think. I mean, I wouldn't take less than eighty for him. Not a hope. Um, so if these clubs don't have it, then tough. You know, and I don't think Declan's the kind of kid that's going to dig his heels in and kick up a stink. No. I think he. I think he would want West Ham to get the correct value for him if he was to go. You know, he wouldn't expect it. Like if we got a derisory bid from Chelsea. You know, we'll give you thirty million and Batshuayi. You know, I, I don't think Declan would kick up a fuss if we no. told him where to shove that. You know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure Deck is reasonable that way and doesn't want West Ham to get shafted either. Yeah, so we may keep him purely for reasons that because of the you know COVID and the lockdown and all yeah. this, maybe nobody's got the money to come in and slap eighty million quid on the table for it. Maybe, yeah, you're we right. might keep him by default. Yeah, yeah, but also, I mean, Chelsea has spent a crap load of money already in the summer. You know, yeah, they've got like... Ziyech and, and Werner coming in. And, uh, I think there's another player that's coming in as well. I yeah. can't remember. That. So... Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple. So you know, they they've spent shy. You know, with them, it will be shy of a hundred million already. You know, so it's like. Yeah. I... Plus, I mean, we get we keep getting these Chelsea links. They might have absolutely no intention of signing them. For all we know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's all about it's all about who whoever's whoever is who's writing the stories. Isn't it? A lot of this is probably because his best mate took Mason Mountain. What's the thing? He's be, yeah, his best mate is Mason Mountain. You, he's, yeah, you, you, you do want to play your mates, but it's you know, and you can see obviously the whole John Terry type <clears throat> persona he has, and obviously Frank. You know, you can see you can see why he'd fit into Chelsea. I mean, I still think he's a fantastic midfielder. I mean, I think eventually he will go to centre back. Um, I think he's wasted. But uh, yeah, yeah. Centre backs are dime a dozen. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you can buy right. good cent. You can you can buy good centre backs. Yeah. No problem. You can get good centre backs. There's plenty of good centre backs. You can go out all over Europe. Yeah. Good centre backs you can go and take. So what is the fascination? Bring to the Premier League. But why do you think everyone's everyone wants to put him into centre back? Because like you know that was always that's always no idea. I yeah I know what you mean. It's like that's always everyone's sort of assumption is he's going to fall back into centre back. And actually, you know you're right. It's like there are so many decent centre backs already. But there's no decent, particularly for England. You know, there's no decent defensive midfield players like I think like Declan Rice, right? Proper. You know, I just think he's. I just think he's brilliant, and and when when he was playing, when we played Wolves, for example, and he was playing centre back, that midfield looked so weak, you know. And I think Deck playing, yeah. he would have bossed, you know, he would have bossed that, that midfield of Wolves because they're not massively, you know, not quite big. They're quite sort of nimble and and quick. And I think he would have been brilliant, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, go out and try and find a world class defensive midfielder. As opposed to trying to find, you know, like a top-class centre-back. Right. Centre-backs you can find. Yeah. Might have to pay for well for them, of course you will, but they're there. Now yeah. you go out and try and try and find world-class defensive midfielders, which which Rice is going to be. Uh, they do not grow on trees. Yeah. So why you'd want to waste him at centre-back? I just don't. I've never understood it. No, I know, I know, I know. Right. Anyway, taking Rice in your team. <laughs> I love these. That's why I love these shows because it's just like it's just going to talk about something. But, no, but yeah, yeah, they just segue off into something. That's it. Else, yeah. That's the. I mean, this is the only good thing about having the, the team is doing the eleven. Is it sort of it does keep like a structure to it, but it's just a chat. It's just like two blokes at the pub really yeah. talking about football. Right, is I'll put it really? Yeah. Okay, right. Who is your last <clears throat> midfielder in this? Team? Okay, um, I'm playing him on the right. Yep. Albeit he's thought of more as a central midfielder. But um, we're going to talk about a player now, mate. Like, okay. just absolute brilliant, world-class baller of a man, Liam Brady. Um, just Liam Brady was just an unbelievable footballer. Yeah. Um, just incredible skill. Um, you know, went played in Italy as well and 
tore it up over there as well. You know, you're a good player if you can go from do it over there, England yeah, yeah, to yeah, Italy yeah. And, and be and be brilliant over there. Um, was brilliant for every club he played for. Just just incredibly silky, great skill, could skin people with ease. Um, great passer of the ball. I mean, Liam Brady was just just a wonderful, wonderful footballer, and always best known here for being Arsenal. Uh, yeah. But he wasn't washed up when he came to us by any means. You know, he he was still a yeah, he was just still a beautiful footballer yeah. and, and just fantastic to watch. Um, so I had to have Liam Brady in the team, even if you put him out on the right. He could play out on the right, no play. problem. And, and what's it? What's it? Put like, him anywhere. And what's it like for for for, for a true <clears> Irishman <throat> when when someone like Liam Brady plays for your club, like as that plays for West Ham? It must have been like brilliant because you must have idolised him because he played for Ireland before. Yeah. That, and then and now he's turning up for West Ham. It must have been like fucking hell. This is it, yeah, it is. It's fantastic. You know, I mean, look, we, we'll sign Irish players, and obviously it's always nice. Oh, you know, Irish yeah. player plays for West Ham. You know, Randolph is there. It's nice. Yeah. But when you have a genuinely like top class player who's Irish and comes to West Ham, which obviously is kind of like unicorns, really, um, <laughs> you know. It's, when, but when you get one, um, when all the stars and planets align and you get yeah, one, yeah. and there happens to be an Irish, absolutely brilliant player and joins West Ham, yeah, it's fantastic because I don't. Know, it's just nice to have an Irish player out on the pitch and just watch him do brilliant things yeah. with a football and then think, you know, he's, he's Irish lad, you know, and, and it's, it's just fantastic yeah. to see. Yeah. It, like I say, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, but when it does, yeah, it is brilliant, you know, I and mean, we have produced some brilliant players, Ireland over the years, but um, obviously they're, they're not, not exactly a production line, but we have produced some, um, and uh, you know when you get one that's playing for West Ham, but it's genuinely a class act. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. That means you can get the jersey then with the name, and it's yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Then then you sort of like have sort of yeah, you sort of you both loves combined. You know, it's like you're two worlds. You know, yeah. so we, you know, it's it's a bit like when when you're at work do and someone you know from West Ham, and it's like it's like your two worlds collide. It's very much there. You know, you got you know you mm. idolised Liam Brady because he played for what he did for for the the national side. But listen, it's, yeah, but listen, it's no different for England fans who, who are yeah, West yeah, Ham. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like like. When you see, obviously, when, when England fans now who are West Ham uh, see, you know, maybe Declan Rice, maybe, say, playing for England, having a great game, yeah. you know, being talked about by the commentators and by fans on social media, as, oh, this, what a player this guy is. And, yeah. you know, you feel that pride. Yeah. I feel it, no matter who they are. Like, even if it's Declan Rice playing for England or another player of ours, Poyet, when he played for France yeah. in yeah, Europe in 2000. Yeah, yeah. 16. Oh man, did I feel pride? I was like, Yeah, it's our yeah. guy. <laughs> That's our guy tearing it up over there, looking like the best midfielder in the world. You know, it, it doesn't matter really. You just feel pride if you see a yeah, West Ham yeah. player just, you know, tearing it up at the international level. It's just fabulous to see, you know. Yeah. And you're right, it doesn't come it doesn't come a lot along very often. So it's like yeah. even more so you you know, if you're Man City, it's like every 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 player is an international, you know, star. But yeah. for West Ham, those one or two gems and as I said, like you said, Pyatt and Deck yeah. and people like that. No, I tell Yeah, you, and you you end up you end up with Slavin Bilic on his knees on a table on television on ITV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's what it pub. does to you. It's true in the pub. That's what going, it does you know, to you. Yeah, everyone's slapping your back when 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 Payet scored in the Euros, and you're thinking, <clears> "Yeah, I know, yeah. I, I did that. Yeah, that was that was all down to me. Thanks, guys." But, yeah, you know. you're saying yes. He actually really does play for West Ham. Yeah. I know, and that's what. And I think when I interviewed Gonzo, we were talking about that song, the, the, the Payet song, and everyone sort of says, "Well, you know, it's almost like we've got Payet," but but Gonzo came out with a really good idea sort of interpretation it was almost out of disbelief that song so it's not like we've got it's like we've yeah. got Payet Dimitri Payet <laughs> I just don't think I understand you know it just and actually yeah. it's so true that was just that was yeah. an incredible period okay we put Liam Brady in let's go up front let's go up front who have we got up front then Tommy okay the first one again um, we haven't had very many Irish strikers um, the first one I'm throwing in is we had him in in the championship and he was decent he was a decent for championship now he's a decent little championship striker was david Connolly. um 
you know, and and he did a good job for us, and, and you know, and yeah, he did a really good job for us down there, and he scored a few goals for us in championship, and and uh, did what he was paid to do. Um, again, obviously, I, I, yeah, he was quick. Obviously, not a big guy. He's you know quite diminutive, but <laughs> but he was quick and he had good feet, um, and he could finish David Connolly. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. had a really good finish on him, and um, you know, I thought I thought. He did really well for us at his level, which was championship. But he yeah. did really well for us down there. And I always liked him. That's why I put him in. Yeah. Um, there were some others I could have gone for. But I just liked Connolly. You know, he, he did a really good job for us down there. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I, yeah, I liked him. He was quick. He was he was nippy. And, you know, if he came off the bench, you thought there's a chance here, you know, because of his pace. Particularly when he came off the bench, I thought it was a really strong uh, as you said in the championship, really strong striker for us. No, I totally agree. Good shout. Yep, David Connolly. And who is the last piece of the Tommy Pie? Okay, the final piece. Uh, again, um, someone that we produced that actually turned out to be rather good, um, which was Robbie Keane. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ro- Robbie was a tremendous player. Uh, really, really skillful. Scored some fantastic goals. I remember when he first burst onto the scene, Coventry, um, and was just banging in great goals yeah. for Coventry all the time. And, you know, immediately you're, you're thinking, oh, who's this kid? Um, and anyway, he went to Wolves then. He did the same for Wolves. Um, he would just score brilliant goals. Uh, he had a, a beautiful touch. You know, he had a really beautiful first touch. Um uh, he was kind of like Sheringham in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he had this good peripheral vision. Where if you played the ball into him, he could he could play a little flick to a teammate. He, he knew where the runners were. Um, his first touch was really good. He could, he could do a first touch and turn and be gone. And and he had a really good finish as well. And he could hit a ball as well. He scored some screamers. Um, so, yeah, Robbie, Robbie had a really great instinct, you know, proper striker's instinct and scored some fantastic goals. Uh, for the numerous clubs, Inter Milan as well, you know, don't forget, um, and scored some fantastic and very, very important goals for Ireland as well. So couldn't not have Robbie Keane up there. No, exactly. And and he did a job for us, didn't he? I think, you know, he he came and again, in. Yeah. He came in and, 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 and did the job. And, you know, I think he's, um, again, you know, a lot of players, we tend to get him towards the end of their career. But, you know, I always always rated yeah. Robbie Keane as a player. I always, always he was yeah. always a threat, and I used to hate playing us when we played against him because he'd always he just had a knack, didn't he, of, of scoring? Yeah. and he's using it as West Ham. But um, yeah, no, I, yeah. But even though, as you say, even though he was in the kind of twilight of his career, it was kind of like when Sheringham came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, closer to the end of the career than the beginning, but you could still see the class. You know yeah. what I mean? You could still see the ability was there, um, even if they weren't in their pump. But they were still bloody good enough, and and you know they're still uh, you you could just see it, you know you could see it when they were on the pitch that you know no, they've no, just you, got that they've just yeah. got that thing you know that they're, yeah, they're a bit special. Yeah, you might you might lose a, pa- a yard of pace, but it, it's you know it's all in here, isn't it? That's and, there. Long, and and that was what Sher- I mean Sheringham was like when he when he played for us, he was like top goal scorer about twenty odd goals one season. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was all just that yard of pace and the first yards in here, you know, type thing. And uh, no, yeah, no, good shot. And, and and do you know what, Tommy, I'm really impressed you managed to get almost eleven players to be perfect. Yeah, I got ten. I didn't do too bad. No, yeah, I'll be looking too... like hopefully someone uh, who watches oh, this worry. maybe come Don't worry, don't worry. Someone come will come with another ten people and you're like oh, yeah. No, I don't want Noel Cantwell from back in the day, like. But you know, someone you know, reasonably recent that I would have at least been able to see yes. uh, in my lifetime, you know. But um, centre back, I struggled. Yeah. Well, I struggled with the second. The first one was like that, Harry yeah. Breen, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, second one, I haven't got a clue. Uh, someone people... they're probably like you said now there'll probably be twenty or twenty five. Oh yeah, now oh, of course there were, but that's but that's but that's and the I'd be like, oh idea. god. But that's the West Ham, that's the West Ham ways, West Ham community, and everyone's got an opinion yeah. and stuff, and that's what I love about this channel, Tommy. Man, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure chatting to you. It's just felt like it feels like I've just been in the pub for an hour, just talking about West Ham, and that's the best way. Yeah, to these things, man. Thank you so, so yeah, it's much. fantastic. I really appreciate. Yeah, listen, time. thanks for having me on. Um, 
complete bolt out of the blue because I, I know your shows you've got you know you've got some great content on here you know fair play to you know you've got some former players and stuff on here and, and you know really big names harry and all that and uh and then i get a message would like to come on the show and i thought he thinks i'm someone else isn't he? Uh, it's all fans, he's man. got the wrong the players the players the managers they can they they go and come but it's this channel is all about the fans it started with the fans and it will stay with the fans and yeah it's nice to put some of the the players on um but most people love listening to other people's stories it's not about the football we backed the wrong horse if it was about the football. It's about the community and about the fans and about the journey. And that's what people really love about it. Because it, it's like a community project more than anything, to be perfectly honest. And thank you, Tommy, for, for, for sparing some time. And obviously spending a lot of time going back through the old archives, picking out the Irish players. We've been brilliant. Thank you so you much. You know what will happen now, don't you? As soon as we click off you're gonna and we've gone off air, I'll think of one. And I'll be like, oh, for... Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> but you can keep it for when I post it, and you can tweet it. So you can say, "This is my, this is the, yeah. name, this is the B team." Um, Tommy, it's been enough, great. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, and obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. You know, like, share, subscribe, all that really, really good stuff. Um, and until next time, for me and Tommy, take care, stay safe. And there's only one way to finish this: cover your irons, cover your irons, come on, you irons, cover your irons, come on. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Be good. Cheers, both. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.